and welcome to our podcast on Dr. Gail Allen's book, The New Pillars of Modern Teaching. My name is Ashley Gillum, and I'm joined by my colleagues, Catherine Laster. Hello. And Albert Thomas. Hello. We are digital learning consultants at Region 10 Education Service Center, and we are thrilled that you're joining us on this adventure. For our book study, we will release a podcast each Tuesday from now until November 14th. In each episode, we will share our reflections about the chapter, and we hope you will respond and join our conversation on Twitter at hashtag R10EDU. We also invite you to complete a learning task for each chapter, and all of those details will be posted on our website. Catherine? I am so glad to start the conversation with our introduction to the book, and I've picked out a few of my favorite quotes and reflections from the intro, and I'm looking forward to hearing Ashley and Al's thoughts, and then hope you'll share your reflections on Twitter. So the first big idea is... Uh, Dr. Allen says, a student's success after they graduate depends on whether they have gained a new set of skills for learning. And what I take away from that is the way that learning has changed, so the way we teach must also change. So one huge, huge idea. And, you know, this reminds me of um, an activity that you do in some of the trainings, and that's like comparing how you learned 10 years ago versus today. Yes, and people on that little response, I sometimes get, I learned from AOL, <laughs> I learned from Microfish. Oh, uh, right, yeah. Learned from going to the library, encyclopedias, mm-hmm. and that's not how we learn these days. So, uh, And as learning professionals, we have to adapt and find the best possible way. Um, to to provide the best possible learning experiences, not only for ourselves, but also for our students. Well, and that's exactly what this book is all about. The next big thing is I I really feel like now that so many districts are going one-to-one, we feel the pressure to use that technology, but a lot of times it is a digital worksheet, mm-hmm. and the changes are simply cosmetic, as Dr. Ellen says, not something that is truly changing the lesson design. So really good point. And I think that's, I think that's a valid question for teachers to ask themselves. Okay, my kids have devices. Well, now what? Exactly. What, how does this affect my teaching? And I think that's something that many are experiencing and going through that transition of what do I do with this now? Yeah, I think it's interesting when we look at the just the conversations that are happening. I know a lot of teachers just feel uncomfortable with the kind of the pressure to integrate technology. And even though even sometimes they may have that pressure being given from people that are not um, really passionately adding it into their workflow as well. So I think that True. it's definitely one of those things that it's a, an opportunity for us to all examine kind of the things that we're doing and really look at the best possible ways that we can adjust based on the new environment that we live in that technology has kind of created. So, Agreed. Well, and then that brings up the other point is that I think some teachers are a little bit worried that the technology is going to diminish their roles. But it is said throughout the book that this is not the case, but... Uh, the technology in the um, hands of great instructors can actually transform the learning experience. And um, I, I think that has, um, let's see, George maybe have said, said that. Yeah, I can't remember who has that quote. I've seen, I, I can picture several graphics with that on there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but technology is just allowing the teacher's role to be shifted. Absolutely. That's all. Mm-hmm. The, the, the teacher is not the keeper of all knowledge and the deliverer of content. Right. So now we think, okay, so my kids have access to information. Now what can I do to increase engagement and to increase empowerment and have my learners be more self-directed? 
Right. And then the other big point in the intro is that if we're going to let our students do that, the teachers need to know how to do that first. Absolutely. And we don't even have to know every single tool or everything available, but we still need to figure out how can we design, curate, and give feedback from our mm-hmm. own learning experiences. I definitely agree. Um, I'd also want to just kind of point out that I think it's also responsibility of the administrators as well uh, to make sure that they're they're also jumping into um, the deep water um, with the with the teachers and not um, just giving those mandates but making sure that it is something that they're also um, taking a part in and they're using the technology they're putting in place and they're allowing for um, just for teachers and others to be able to see that integration and see that they are definitely looking to adjust the things that they were doing so and let me just dig a little deeper real quick and compare sort of when I was in school to what is possible today. So I was in a very traditional learning environment. I had a teacher and a textbook. That mm-hmm. was my library. Mm-hmm. No internet. Yeah, encyclopedias. Right. I had a set. We were rich. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had um, half a set. <laughs> <laughs> but those traditional environments are characterized by control and management and compliance, mm-hmm. something that Gail mentions in her book from Daniel Pink. And so a couple of things that that traditional learning environment has in common is that all the students in a classroom are learning the same way at the same time. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, just for that specific piece, how can technology change that? We don't have to all be learning the same thing. Mm -hmm. First, I mean, the differentiation part. And so if you have ELLs, you have the students that are gifted, you've got all kinds of kids in your class. And so one thing is just the leveling, if technology will allow me to have subtitles on the screen. Mm -hmm. So if I am not understanding the speaking, I can read and hear and pause and slow down. Mm -hmm. Yes, pause and rewind. Right, right. That's fantastic. So that's the first thing that popped into my head. Yeah, it's because the teacher's not orchestrating the learning in the classroom. Right. It's not everybody's paying attention to one person and doing everything Mm -hmm. in one way. Well, I think the the other point is, where's the classroom? And so I think it becomes something completely different. It's not just being... Uh, within the four walls of a school, but it's opening it up where kids can learn on a bus. They can learn um, in a park. They can learn in a variety of different places uh, because of technology, and the learning doesn't have to cease. Um, I love that about technology. It definitely allows for you to, you have a little bit of time here, so you can jump onto YouTube and learn some things, um, or you can jump into an audiobook, or you can jump into a number of different tools that technology has provided for us to be able to learn. So mm-hmm. learning can happen at any place at any time. Yeah, and there's different modes. You don't all have to learn by reading or right. watching a video. Right. And, or you can do a combination of things. Right. And then the other thing that sticks out with me with the introduction of technology is what students can produce mm-hmm. as they show what they know. Those artifacts of learning can be much more personalized to a student's interests and strengths than everybody get your three by what a trifold poster board situation right, and right. yada yada. Five paragraph essay. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, there's always I always felt like there was a part of my brain that just kind of closes off when you go, Hey, there is a paper that you need to write. Mm-hmm. And so I love the teachers that gave me the option to be able to use things that I was naturally either gifted at or just really comfortable in being able to do, whether that was um, creating graphics are um, using art or to be able to do poetry. I, I remember mm-hmm. our teachers giving those type of variety of activities and technology just gives us more of an opportunity to be able to give those opportunities. I love the story of the, the teacher who allowed for a student to do a history project and basically instead of doing a book report, able to build it inside of Minecraft. It's one of oh, my favorite wow. stories because I think it's just 
opening up and being able to allow those kids to be able to use their things that they're naturally passionate about and just thinking about the amount of hours that kids are going to spend in those projects that you wouldn't have otherwise gotten um, because they were able to do something that they were passionate about and connect the learning to. Well, and just speaking to exactly what you just said, um, from the book, Gail says, engagement increases when students have control over what, when, and how they learn. And then that is kind of our why. That's true. That the technology can empower our learners. And so that was kind of how she ends chapter one, talking about the importance of the why and, or not the, uh, chapter one, sorry, intro. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it is such a great start thinking about that empowerment, who owns and organizes the learning. And I think um, that will lead us into chapter one. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, this is not going to be an easy sort of just, oh, let me just switch and have give my students choice and what they want to do. And, you know, the, the teacher really has to scaffold these experiences and start small. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We need to think about how we can repackage our current content to provide for differentiation, to provide for choice, which then will allow students to become owners of their learning. And I really love that Gail talks a lot about that in the book, about picking one little place for us to start. That's so much more Mm -hmm. manageable when you're thinking about bite-sized pieces. Let's just start with this one piece that we're going to change the design or change something and I think that's the only way now that teachers can do something besides making cosmetic changes to their work and what's going on in the classrooms. Agreed. Yeah, I think it's also, it's a good point. I know we'll talk about this later in some of the later chapters, but it's also important to know that as, as a teacher, if I'm jumping in and trying something new with my students and doing that small bite, there's another teacher across the hallway that could also be doing that and sharing and reflecting on what they're doing. And we can have conversations around that to be able to um, just kind of increase our knowledge. So I think that's a huge opportunity for as teachers if, if we're willing to just kind of share thoughts and, and be able to share our experiences, even in those small wins and even those, those failures, because mm-hmm. I think that's a great opportunity for us to be able to learn from each other um, and really um, kind of accelerate some of the things that we're wanting to do with integrating technology. So. Yeah, and whenever you try to change a practice or improve a practice, you do not know if whatever you're planning is going to work. That's true of anything that we do. Even a lesson plan that's scripted for for you by the district, you don't know if that's going to work. But we constantly, as educators, we're taking chances, making decisions on what we think is best for our kids, and then tweaking as we go along. Right. And I think it's really important to point out that by participating in this book study, educators will experience the new pillars for themselves, um, which has to happen before they can guide students to do the same. Absolutely. Thank you all for joining us. Check out the site for the first learning task and resources related to this part of the book. Also, we'd love to hear from you. If you would like to leave us a voice comment or feedback, you may do so by calling 469-364-4593. We may just read your note on the next podcast. We'll see you on Twitter at hashtag R10EDU. And until then, as Katie Martin says, if you want to change how students learn, you must change how teachers learn. You can find a link to her blog post, Teachers Create What They Experience, on our site.